When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated and bringing you the best of horror and thriller, old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. I am your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, and this is... The final episode of season four. I will be taking a short hiatus and coming back on September 15th with a brand new season. But today we will be enjoying two very spine tingling and unnerving, if you will, radio plays. So without further ado, this is Terror Radio. I call this episode Old School Meets New School, meaning the two radio series highlighted tonight are Escape, Old School, the 40s, mid-50s, and, excuse me, Nightfall, the 80s, when there was the resurgence of old time radio shows our first radio play is The Abominable Snowman and it was first broadcasted on September 13th 1953 on Escape following that is the radio play Child's Play and this was first broadcasted on February 5th 1982 on Nightfall so you all know the drill sit back Turn down the lights and listen to Abominable, let me try this again, The Abominable Snowman, followed by Child's Play. Tired of the everyday grind? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you... Escape. Designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. and caught in a blizzard, while the thing for which you've been hunting has suddenly become the hunter. And if it finds you, then for you and your companions, there can be no escape. So listen now as Escape brings you Anthony Ellis's exciting story, The Abominable Snowman. bit of luck was when we hired our shepherd guide, Nasang. That was in Darjeeling. When I told Nasang what we were after, he hesitated for a moment. And then he said, The subs have not come to climb Shomolongma? Oh, no. We're a little late for that. It's already been done. The other two subs and myself are here for the reason I told you. Metokangmi? That's right. The subs always hire me to climb the mountain with them. But never this. Are you afraid of them? I have seen one. You've seen one? Yes, many of us have seen them. Uh, wait a minute. 
Alan. Yeah. What's that? I'm interviewing a Sherpa in here. He says he's seen one of the things. Hey. Where's Frank? Uh, we're not to get some tobacco. Yeah. All right, come on in. I think this is our man. All right. Nasang, this is Mr. Ferris. Sir? Hello, Nasang. Nasang was telling me about what he'd seen. Go ahead, Nasang. It has a face that is evil. And when it saw me, it uttered a strange cry and bounded away. Sometimes leaping, sometimes running with great strides. It was dusk. And after a moment, I lost sight of it in the snow. Where were you? With the French expedition. It was at 19,000 feet on Shomalungma. How far were you from it? 30 feet, uh, perhaps 35. You're sure it wasn't an ape? I am sure. There is no ape in Himalaya to make such a track. What about bears? This too I have been asked. But does a bear walk always upon its hind legs? Well, that's enough for me. Alan? Yeah, he'll do. But if you want the job, Nassang, you're hired. You are going to try to capture a yeti? Yes. It will be a difficult thing. But I will serve with you. Yeti, wild man, Netokongmi, abominable snowman. That's the name the natives had for the things, and Alan Ferris, Frank Davis, and I were going to try to get one. We'd all done some climbing, but climbing was secondary here. Expeditions since the beginning of the 20th century had heard of the abominable snowman, observed their tracks, and one or two white men claimed to have seen them. Great ape, bear, monkey, wild men. We didn't know, but we were going to find out. Four weeks later, we were in the Rongbuk Valley for our interview at the monastery with the Lama. The journey from our base had been uneventful. The weather was good and our spirits were high. From the Lama's window, we could see the great peak of Everest in the distance. Why, gentlemen, do you desire to capture Mitokangi? Because, sir, we believe it will be an invaluable aid in our prehistoric research. That is, if these things are in any way human. And for this reason, then, you have formed the expedition? Yes. You are all familiar with climbing? Yes, we are. You would need to be. The Yeti move at high places. Dangerous places, so my people tell me. Also, the monsoons are arriving in a short time. I understand that. Then do we have your permission to investigate in the valley and beyond? You have my permission. I appreciate it. There is one point, however. I must request that no wild animal or being in this valley be shot. Our religion does not allow it. We'll respect your wishes, sir. Now, may I ask you one more thing? Of course, my son. Do you believe in the existence of Metokangli? I myself have never seen them, but I know that they live here, above the valley, on the goddess mother of the world. It is also true that at least five, and possibly more, inhabit the upper Rongbuk and its glacier. Thank you. Do you have porters? Our guide, Masang, is hiring them now. Yeah. I trust that he meets with good fortune. The old man, with great dignity, bowed slightly to us and we were dismissed. But I thought I saw the shadow of a smile on his lips as he turned away. And it wasn't long before I found out why. Nasang returned to us in our quarters and his face warned of bad news. Sir, I am unable to hire any porters. But why not? They know the purpose of the expedition. They will not go. Why? They are afraid. Of the snowmen? Yes. They live in peace with them. They wish no trouble. They are afraid. Well, all right. 
It'll be rough, but we can't waste time talking them into it. The monsoons will be coming in a couple of weeks. It's not the same as climbing, Everest. We'll travel light, just the four of us. Set up a base and start hunting. All right with you, fellows? Yeah, sure. Nasang? I will go with you. I am not afraid. Good. Well, let's take a look at the map. Now, we'll each carry a capacity load. We should be able to make this point below the glacier in two days. That's 16,000 feet. Mm. And if our abominable snowmen are in the vicinity, we've got two weeks to find them. When do we start? Tomorrow. Good. Well, that's it. Um, Paul? Yes, Frank? Uh, one thing. What do the natives mean when they say they don't want any trouble with the thing? Uh, superstition, probably. Oh, no, sir. It is not superstition. It is because the Yeti are cannibals. That is why the porters are afraid. The weather turned ugly the day we left the village. A cold Tibetan wind blew down from the west, and with our heavy packs it took us much longer than we'd thought to arrive at the point just below the Rongbuk Glacier. We set up our camp and made ourselves as comfortable as we could. The next morning wasn't so bad. There was a heavy overcast, a promise of snow, and the peak of Everest looming over us was shrouded in clouds. The four of us sat in the tent looking at our charts and drinking hot tea. I figured it'd be easiest if we started at the East Glacier. It's only about three miles from here, and with the weather as stinking as it is, we won't run too much of a risk. What do you think, Paul? Well, that sounds all right. What do you say we split up? You and Nasung, Alan and me. We'll work up on either side of the ridge, here. And if we spot any tracks, fire two shots. Hmm? Yeah, good enough. Now, the big thing, though, no matter what, don't shoot at the thing if you do see it. Okay? Okay. All right. If we lose touch with each other, we'll meet back here at five. All right, let's get going We'd left the base at six that morning, and the going was rough. Alan was pretty well shot by the time we got to the 17,000-foot mark. He was having a tough time breathing, and the wind had come up again. And with it, a fine, powdery snow that blinded and choked us. Hey, I, I, I gotta take five. All right. Yeah, move over here. Might cut some of the wind. Uh, oh. Oh. Ooh. Oh, that's better. Well, we might as well start back for the base. We couldn't see anything in this anyhow. You know, right now, I don't care whether we do or not. Uh, this is good weather. Wait until the monsoon starts. No, no, not me. Oh, I'm cold. I've never been so cold in all my life. We stayed in the half-shelter of an overhang for ten minutes. The wind was quieter and the snow had let up. I noticed that the tracks we'd made coming into the shelter were gone now, but we didn't have any worry finding our way back. I figured that Frank and Nasang had met pretty much the same thing on their side of the ridge, and we'd meet them at the base. So Alan and I picked ourselves up and started off. Boy, I, I thought I was in pretty good shape, but up here... Boy, I'm nothing. Oh, Paul, I'm tired again. We'll just take it easy going down. You haven't got frostbite, have you? No. No, not yet, but... What? The left there. Yeah. They're not our tracks, are they? Not unless you took your boots off on the way up. Must have just passed by. It must have seen us. Yeah. Come on. 
We were looking at a set of tracks newly made in the fresh snow. And they'd passed so close to our shelter that the thing must have known we were there. They weren't the tracks of a bear or an ape, but more like a splay-footed naked foot. The tracks of the abominable snowman. We will return to escape in just a moment, but first, 30 million school children make their way back to class this year. There are just 10 million too many for existing school facilities. Contact Better Schools to West 45th Street, New York 19, for information on ending this menace to America's educational standards. And now, back to Escape. began to follow the tracks, and for a while, perhaps 150 yards, it was easy. And then the thing made a leftward traverse down a deep slope. We could see the prince clearly, angling with a sidestep, as sure-footed as a mountain goat, except that it was walking on two legs. This way, Paul. Take it easy, Al. Getting safer. Boy, that thing sure can climb. Hold up. Al, I think Hold it. And he dropped out of sight over the lip of the crevasse. We weren't roped together. I got as close as I dared to the edge. The loose snow crumbled away from my outstretched body. And I looked down into the blue-black darkness below, falling away into nothingness. He was gone. Finished. All I could think of was the noise he'd made when he went over. Surprised, angry, then silent. The crevasse might have been 500 feet or 5,000. Snow started to fall again. Big flakes this time and wet. I stood up. And across the gap 20 feet away, I saw the tracks of the thing continuing on and away until they became lost in the blank whiteness of the glacier. It had jumped and landed still upright on the opposite side. I went back to the base. And an hour later, Frank and Nassang returned. I told them. And we were quiet for a long time. Then... Paul, are we going out again tomorrow? Why not? I just wanted to. We should go back. It is an omen. I tell you, he was going too fast. He didn't have a chance to see the crevasse. That's not an omen. It's bad sense. Metokong, we cannot be caught. We'll catch him. Oh, but there are only three of us if we had a few more men. I tell you, the thing was so close that we'd, if we'd looked up at the right time, we'd have seen it. You think I'm going to give up now? Next time we'll get it. There was no chance to get Alan out. Huh? No. You think if we went back... Listen, you think I don't want to? He's gone. I tried, but he's gone. Okay. Oh, okay. Wish that wind had let up. Maybe by morning... We'll try again tomorrow. It was cold that night, and somehow colder because Alan was gone. I heard Frank tossing around, and I knew he was thinking about a body broken and lonely, lost somewhere in a deep and dark place. In the morning, the three of us packed our gear, camera, food. It was a light pack. We started up again. This time to a crest above the ridge. It was tougher than it looked, and we weren't even halfway up before we had to rest. But as I looked to the west, I saw clouds boiling up. Not white, but somber, threatening. And below, the valley looked grim. Ugly gray. And then the sun was gone. And we kept on going up. And then I had a strange feeling. It was nothing I could see, nothing I could hear, only a sensation of being watched, followed. Wait a minute. 
See something? No. I, I have felt it too sad. Something following us? Yes. It is Mr. Kongmi. How do you know? It can be nothing else. At this height, there is nothing else that lives. Maybe it's curious. No, don't turn around, Frank. Listen. When we get up to the crest, you two flop down. Stay in sight of the slope here. What are you going to do? Move around the hump and watch. If it thinks we're all together, it may come close enough to give us a chance to get it. You better watch your step. It looks nasty. I will. Now, come on. It took us another 15 minutes to get up to the crest, and then Frank and Nassong hunched down to rest. They were in clear view of the slope we just descended. I moved back out of sight and made my way toward the hump, which backed a long shelf on the north side of the crest. In a couple of minutes, I lost sight of them and of the slope. The wind had increased, and the clouds had spread now to become an iron-gray canopy over the mountain. It was getting colder again. I don't think it took over five minutes to reach my lookout point. And when I did, I had a perfect view of the ground we'd covered. There was nothing there. The men were out of sight. And I waited. A minute. Two. There was nothing. Until... It came, carried on the wind, a cry, and then shots. I scrambled back to where I'd left them. And when I got there, when I got there, Frank was lying on his back, and I couldn't look at what was left of his face. There were terrible deep rents in his clothing, and he was dead. The song lay huddled a few feet beyond, a gun in his hand. Son? Yeah. What is it? What? Better come me. Came from behind us. Before I could draw the gun, it has killed. Then it sprang at me. It is strong, son, with the strength of ten men. All right. All right, can you sit up? My leg. It broke at me, my leg. Broken. I shot at it, but I missed. It jumped away and was gone. Okay. We'll have to figure out a way to get you down. We were four hours from camp, and with Nassong practically helpless, it could well be four days or never. I buried Frank where he was lying, then began to work down the slope. Nassang was in great pain. He half slid and crawled as best he could. That part of it wasn't too bad. Then we were at the bottom and there was a ledge to climb. It took well over two hours to do that. And we still had three miles of difficult terrain to cover. The stops became more frequent. Sir, leave me here. Go back. No. My leg is frozen. There is no feeling anymore. I shall not live much longer. Don't be a fool. After a rest, you'll be able to go on. Soon the night comes. If we are both caught here, we both die. There will be snow, much snow. Leave me sleep. No, we're going back together. Please, let me sleep. Let me sleep here. I cannot go on. You've got to, Nassan. No, no more. The ridge is only about a half mile. From there, it won't be too bad. No, no, let me stay. Nassan. Let me sleep. No. No, come on, Nassan. Come on, you're not going to sleep. You'll be all right. Behind you, sir. I turned, and for an instant I saw it outlined against the snow, crouching of medium height. It was covered with thick hair. The face was reddish and bare. A semi-human face. And it was not an ape. The thing made a tremendous leap and was gone, but I'd hit it. I knew I hit it. Mr. Kongmi, that was he. Did you kill it? No, I don't think so. Then it will be back. It has tasted blood. You must leave me. No, get up. Get up. Come on. Let's go. Listen. 
Not found. I am very sorry, sir. Will you ask the lover to make a prayer for me? Sure. Sure I will, Nathang, but... Give my pay to my wife in Darjeeling. I'm sorry, sir. I die. song. The song. darkness came, and with its shadows and the snow, every hillock, mound became the thing, motionless, waiting. In my mind, I kept seeing it, its long arms, powerful, and the dreadful claws it must have possessed. I carried my gun in my gloved hand, but I knew that I couldn't fire it unless I was barehanded, and that meant my hand would freeze to the gun. And then suddenly, I felt myself slipping. It was a short incline, but when I reached the bottom, the gun was gone. I'd lost it. I've got to find it. I've got to find it. And I saw a glint of metal in the snow ten feet away. And at the same time, above me at the top of the bank, the thing, it stood swaying a little, looking down at me. I moved slowly. Slowly. Inch my way toward the gun. And as I drew closer, I kept my eyes looking up. But it didn't move, only stared down at me. And I thought I saw its little eyes glittering. And I thought, if the gun's frozen now, if it's frozen, it doesn't fire. And I was nearer to it, near enough to take off my glove. But that moment in which I'd have to bend to pick it up, that's when it would leap down at me, tear my throat out, tear and... I had the gun and I pulled the trigger. <laughs> and it lay there, strange and terrifying, its blood staining the snow. And it looked at me. Looked at me. Until the sound died away. It was dead. But the eyes kept on staring. It must have been the shots that loosened the snow and ice on the ridge above. I heard the sound, and I ran. Ran! swept on down toward the valley, the thunder of it dying in the distance. And when I went back, there was nothing there. It was buried somewhere under tons of snow. I made my way back to the Rongbuk village. I don't remember how. I didn't remember anything the two weeks after. But I'm alive. And I'm not going back there again. That's all I know. Or want to know about the abominable snowmen. Escape has brought you The Abominable Snowman, written and directed by Anthony Ellis, starring William Conrad as Lane. Featured in the cast were Anthony Barrett, Pi Averback, Jack Crucian, and Edgar Barrier. The special music for Escape was composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. <laughs>
next week. You are a passenger aboard a submarine making its last peaceful voyage across the sea. While unknown to you, the captain has a plan which, if it succeeds, will mean for you and the entire crew a fate from which there can be no escape. So listen next week when Escape will bring you Marion Mosner and Francis Rosenwald's exciting story, The Log. Headed in the right direction. The station is right. The network is right, too. Check all timepieces and then check your local radio schedule. Let's have no slip ups. Everybody wants to hear the Jack Benny show right from the beginning when it returns to CBS Radio tonight. This is Roy Rowan speaking. CBS Radio Network. For some of us, they contain the key to who we are now. The key that unlocks the door to rooms we may never wish to visit again. Tonight's story, from the far from nostalgic pen of Arthur Samuels, is called Child's Play. Mary? You haven't said a word the whole trip. You still won't tell me what's bothering you. You know what's bothering me. Okay. I was hoping it would wear off, that you'd come around to my point of view. And what about mine? Honey, it just doesn't make sense. Look, here we are, with a genuine once-in-a-lifetime windfall right in our laps, and you... Are you sure we're on the right road? You said five miles from the turnpike. It's the right road. Don't you think I'd know? Uh, take a left after that bridge. We're almost there. Wow, I don't believe it. This house is fantastic. And much bigger than you said. Must be, what, 10, 12 rooms? I, I... I don't remember. Sitting on 30 acres. It's unbelievable. I'm going to take a look around. Arthur! And then what are you going to do? Mary, dear, you must do as your father tells you. He knows what's good for you. But why can't I play with the other kids around here? They're nice. Nice, you say. <laughs> 
spawn of the devil, just like their parents, lazy, corrupt, evil in thought and in deed. I will not have my daughter contaminated by but them. But Your father is right, dear. Those children haven't had your upbringing. They're godless heathen. That's not fair. My teacher at school says it's wrong to say bad things about people, to judge them without even knowing at them. At school. They're trying to corrupt her, too. Well, I won't have it, do you hear? I want Mary out of that den of iniquity immediately. Mother! But Dennis, her education. Look at these books. Do you know what they mean? Comparative religions. Darwin! Biology of the human body. This isn't education. It's blasphemy. But, Daddy! The tools of Satan. No. I've made up my mind. You will not spend another day in that school. We'll attend to your education, and better than they. But how? Where, Dennis? Here. Here in this house where she'll be protected. Away from that school and away from those children. Here she'll be safe. 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 I don't believe it. You weren't allowed to play with other kids. Not even allowed to go to school. What kind of religious nuts were they? They meant well. They knew what was good for me. Yeah. Well, I'm beginning to understand. I'm sorry, honey. I had no idea. Arthur, please, let's leave. We can find another place. What with? We're broke. And your father's will stipulated that you inherit the house only if you marry and, and only if you live in it. Otherwise, it goes to your aunt. Wouldn't that be stupid? I don't care. Well, I do. Mary, it's crazy to give up a place like this just because of what happened in the past. It's a new life for us. I couldn't ever be happy here. You could at least try. Yes, try, you know, and maybe you ought to start by thinking of someone else besides yourself. Mary, what is it? Listen. Listen to what? Voices outside. Children. I don't hear a thing. Wait a minute, though. I'll see if I can see something. No one. Not a soul. Anyway, what would children be doing out here? You must have been imagining. I was so sure. Shh. There, again. Can't you hear them? No. Hey, are you putting me on or what? They're gone. I don't understand. I was so sure I heard... Forget it, honey. You're just worn out. It's been a tough day for you. Come on. Let's go to bed. No. No, Arthur. No, it's no good. Please, I, I can't. Please. All right. Forget it. I'm sorry. You're angry with me. No, but... I'm not angry. I'm, I'm just disappointed. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's like going back to square one. You mean my breakdown, don't you? Honey. Well, say it. Two whole years when you had a wife who was useless in bed. And we agreed not to talk about it. Come on, take it easy. Mary, is, is that the room where your parents, where it happened? Yes. That's where it happened. My room. Your nerves again, Martha. Waking me up for Didn't nothing. I'm so sure I heard well, you said it came from Mary's room. Well, here we are. There she is, sound asleep. I'm going back to bed. Dennis. Hmm? Dennis. What is it now? Behind you. Look out. Huh? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
Coroner, it is my judgment that both the deceased, Mr. and Mrs. Hammond, died as a result of multiple knife wounds at the hand of a person or persons unknown, and that the matter now be handed to the county police for investigation. Here, one more nail ought to do it. There. How does that look, child bride? Great. <laughs> You're a genius. Uh, a genius, sure. But a carpenter? <laughs> I never thought I had it in me. Hey, look look at that veranda floor. Flat and solid. And the railing, straight as... Mary? Honey, what is it? Nothing. I thought I heard... I hear it, too. What? The wind and the poplars. Great sound. Great place, great life. I mean, you know what we've got here? A paradise. I keep hearing them. Children. Forget it. Come over here. Now, look around you. Green forest for miles. And there's a fantastic little trout stream just a few hundred yards in. And over there, see... That abandoned farmer's field lined with poplar, as far as the eye can see. And this house, when I finish with it, it'll last another hundred years. And to have all this to ourselves, it's almost immoral. Hey, have you been listening to me? Come on, here I am, waxing poetic, and you... You okay? Yes. I... I'm fine. Just a little restless. It'll pass. Well, that was a good day's work. Two whole chapters. Mary, you keep staring out the window as though you were expecting someone. Another lover, maybe? What? Oh, I'm sorry, Arthur. What were you saying? I said I finished another two chapters of the novel. I'll tell you, this one's going to make it and big. I feel it in my bones. Well? Well what? Well, I could stand a little enthusiasm. How come you haven't asked to read any of it? You always used to. Or uh, are you afraid it'll be another one of those... Uh, <clears throat> Well, Arthur, it's good. Only don't you think it's a little weak here and here You never and listen here? to my opinions anyway. That's not true. Well, anyway, this time I'd like you to. You're doing it again. What are you staring at out there? Nothing. I'm just listening. To the children. What children? Are you on that kick again? Mary, how many times do you... Don't you hear them out there? No, I don't. Wait a minute. I do hear something. What the hell is going on out there? I'll take a look out the window. Well, too dark. I can't see a thing. But you hear them, don't you? I hear something, but... Children? How could there possibly be... Arthur. Stay there. You never know who it might be this time of night. Maybe maybe someone lost, uh, looking for directions. I don't see any... Hey! Who's out there? It's, it's a little girl. What are you... What are you doing out here this time of night? Can Mary come out to play? What? What are you talking about? What do you want? Can Mary come out to play? Arthur. Mary, don't come near the door. Stay where you are, do you hear? 
All right, little girl, you're playing a joke. Is that it? Mary, can Mary come out to play? No, she can't. What do you mean coming here this time of night? It's almost midnight. Do your parents know where you... Go away. Go home, do you hear me? Leave us alone. Mary, stay away from that window. But I... Do what I say! I don't believe it. Where the hell did that, that child come from and the others? The neighborhood. What neighborhood? There hasn't been a neighborhood here since, since, since that, that thing with your parents. You told me, didn't you? You told me everybody around here sold and moved out, and there's been nobody since. Yes. Then why do you talk about the neighborhood as though it still exists? As though those children exist. I'm going to call the police. But are Listen, this thing's just too weird to ignore. There's got to be some explanation. Weston County Police, Sergeant Doherty. Sergeant, uh, this is Arthur Hager. Uh, my wife and I are at the Hammond house. It's uh, out oh, near the... Oh, well, yeah, I know the place, Mr. Hager. Uh, your wife, that'd uh, be the Hammond girl. Uh, yes, Mary Hammond, my wife. Okay. Uh, well, uh, what can I do for you, Mr. Hager? Listen, this is going to sound crazy. It is crazy. But these children... How's that? Did you say children, Mr. Hager? What children? I don't know. But my wife's been hearing them outside for the last couple of days, ever since we got here. Oh, maybe families camping nearby. No, 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 nothing like that. I, I've scouted the property for a couple of miles on every side, and there's no sign of anybody. Now, these kids must be from the town. There must be a gang of them. <laughs> oh, that's uh, hardly likely, Mr. Hager. You're a good ten miles from the town. Maybe what your wife's been here in, uh... The wind. The trees. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, until a few minutes ago. Now, I heard them myself. I even saw one of them. Where? Right at my door. She knocked. And when I answered, she was standing there asking... Uh, this is ridiculous. Asking whether my wife could come out to play. You say this happened uh, a few minutes ago? It's, it's past midnight. Don't you think I know that? Why do you think I'm calling? Now, now, take your easy, Mr. Hager. I just uh, can't figure out how any child from anywhere around here would be hanging about up your way, especially this time of night. What are you, you saying? That I'm hearing and seeing things, that I'm drunk or crazy? No, sir, I'm not saying I can't think of any kids from this town that would be anywhere near you. Will you listen to me? I tell you they're out there. I hear them right now. And you keep telling me they don't exist. Now, wait, wait a minute. You say you're hearing them right now? Yes, I... Well, they're, they're gone now. But I tell you, they were out there a second ago. All right, Mr. Hager, I'll tell you what. You just... Try to relax, and uh, I'll drive out there first thing in the morning and check it out, okay? Mr. Hager? Yes, uh, Sergeant Doherty. Morning. Uh, I see you've been doing some work around the place. Sergeant. Uh, your wife not around? No, she's upstairs lying down. She's not uh, feeling too well. Oh, sorry to hear that. I remember her real well. Oh? Huh? Well, I, I knew her when, uh, well, you know, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'd be, what, 25 now? Yes. How did you... I was heading up the investigation. <laughs> Damnedest thing I ever saw. Yeah, must have been pretty horrible. That, and... Uh, Strange, too. We hmm? we never did find the killer or killers. Well? Drew a complete blank. Still don't make sense to me. What do you mean? Well, there there wasn't a clue. Never found the murder weapon. It's probably one of them long kitchen knives. Oh. The weird part was nothing in the house seemed to be missing. 
including a fair amount of cash the Hammonds kept around. Well, why is that surprising? Whoever the intruder was uh, must have been discovered by the Hammonds, panicked, killed them, ran off. Seems like. But, well, that don't rightly explain the, the stab wounds in the bodies. But it was cut up something awful. Mary couldn't help you much, I, I suppose. No, no, child was hysterical. Well, imagine being woke up out of a sound sleep to... To see your own parents being murdered. Dark room and all. Sergeant, about these children. Oh, yeah, the, the children. Uh, what did she look like? Who? Uh, the one you saw. Oh, I, I, I don't know. About seven or eight, I suppose. I mean, I, I didn't get a good look at her. It was dark out in the porch. I just saw her in the shadows. And? And What? Uh, what did she say? I told you. Can Mary come out to play? Something like that. Huh. Uh, that don't make much sense, does it? I didn't say it made sense, Sergeant. I'm telling you what happened. Okay, okay. Take it easy. Uh, well, I, I, I checked around uh, on the way up here. Couldn't have been any children within ten mile of here last night, far as I can make out. And townspeople's kids are all tucked away and asleep at the time you claim. Yeah, you still don't believe me. All right. All right, forget it, Sergeant. Uh, forget it. I'll deal with it myself. Okay. Sorry I couldn't be more help. Anyway, uh, my regards to your wife. What? I said my regards to Mary, your wife. She'll remember me. We talked quite a bit after the killings. Uh -huh. Poor child. Awful business, that was. Never could figure it out. Talk about peaceful, eh? Look at that moon. I wonder why it always looks twice as big out here. Mary, you haven't said a word all evening. Honey, where are you going? Just out for a walk. Oh, hang on. I'll go with you. No. Arthur, do you mind? I'd, I'd like to go by myself. Yes, I do mind. I mean, I... I, I... I don't think it's a good idea right now. Mary, I said... Let I... me go. I am not a child, you know. I didn't say you were. But until we find out about the... Why do you keep staring out there like that? You hear them, don't you? Don't you? And, and you want to go to them? Answer me. And you can't stop me. Let, let me go. Oh, no, no, you're not going. I thought so. Back. Damn them. Back. Get into the house, Mary. No. Let me go. I said get into the house. Now. Mary, listen to me. We're in danger. I don't know what it is, but none of it makes sense. But please, honey, you've got to promise me you won't step out of this house. That's you they're waiting for out there, and I won't let them have you. Do you understand? Let me go! All right, that's it. Get upstairs. Come on! What are you doing? You're hurting me. I'm going to make damn sure you stay put. Now, give me that key, Mary. What? The key to that room upstairs, the one you kept. It's, it's in my purse. No, it isn't. I've already checked. You've got it on you, haven't you? No! Leave me alone! Uh, You're hurting me! Then keep still. That's in one of your jean pockets. There! I thought so. Give it back to me. You've no right. Where are you taking me? You nowhere. The only place I can lock you in and know you'll be safe from those damn... Arthur! No. You're not in that room. Oh, please. Please, not there. I promise. I'll do anything you want. But don't. I, I, I don't trust you. Now get in there. No. I'm afraid. Arthur, don't. Get down no. there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, honey. But I can't think of anything else to do. Oh, 
Mary, please don't. I had to do this, don't you understand? Look, I'll, I'll let you out just as soon as, as soon as they give up and you come to your senses. As soon as this madness ends. help. Oh, God, no. Not again. What do you want? Mary, come out and play. Leave us alone, <laughs> you. Weston County Police, Sergeant... Doherty, this is Arthur Hager. Yes, Mr. Hager. Anything wrong? Uh, there's plenty wrong. Listen to me. You don't know what's happening here. They're, they're back. And, uh, now, Mr. Hager. Damn it, I said listen. Now get over here and hurry. Uh, Mr. Hager? Uh, uh, Mr. Hager, are you still there? Oh, my God. Mary. Listen, I can't talk now. Please. No questions. Just Hurry. Mary, it, it's me. What's wrong? They're hurting me. Help me. Oh, Christ. Mary? Where are you? Why are the lights off? I'm here, Arthur. Over here. Where's the damn light switch? Here. Mary, you were screaming. I, I thought... You thought you could keep me locked up. Keep me from my friends. Well, you can't, Arthur. Not anymore. Mary, you're upset. You don't know what you're saying. It was only for your own good. Oh, that's what they always said. You mustn't go out anymore, Mary. You mustn't ever go out. And you can't play with the other children. Oh, that's what they always said. It's for your own good. Mary, that was a long time ago. That's all in the past. And now, you won't let me either. You won't let me go out to play. <laughs> well, I'll show you. Just like I showed them. Oh, no. Mary, what are, you, what are you doing? Where did you get that, that... There wasn't a clue. Never found the murder weapon. Probably one of them long kitchen knives. That knife? It was you. You killed your parents. Oh, Mary, how could you? <laughs> it was easy. I tricked them. Just like I tricked you into coming in here, Arthur. Oh. See? <laughs> I'm a lot smarter than you think. No, 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 no don't, 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 Mary, please. Put that knife down. You don't know what you're doing. Oh, yes, I do. It's easy, see? All I have to do is...
that's our show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970. Or you can find me on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd. And if you want to drop me a line, say hello, make a suggestion, a request, a even a critique, respectfully, please feel free to email me at radioshownerd at gmail.com. I also have a YouTube channel, Terror Radio. Please check it out. Subscribe. Share and like the videos. Highly appreciate it. Again, this is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd. I will be back with a brand new season on September 15th. But for now, signing off. See you later, everybody.